0: And now, Girls in Hoodies. Hello and welcome to the Girls in Hoodies podcast. My name is Emily Yoshida. I'm an editor at Grantland.com and with me is... Molly Lambert, a writer at Grantland. I'm um, sorry, I, I just realized I have this Coke Zero, this refreshing Coke Zero <laughs> right in front of the camera. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not. This is not an endorsement. I've not been paid for this. This is just out of the the warmth of my heart that I'm I'm drinking Coke you Zero. You do love Coke Zero. It's a really. Do You want to know who got me? Let's start this. Let's start this podcast off on a strong foot and talk about beverages. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know who got me on Coke Zero without maybe even knowing it was Andy Greenwald, of uh, uh, our fellow podcaster, fellow Grandland podcaster, Andy Greenwald would frequently uh, allude to the fact that he. You know, got his signature pep and uh, energy on the podcast via Coke Zero. And I was like, oh, I gotta check that out. (laughs) But I don't, I don't, I I stopped drinking diet sodas, I think, when I was 16. And I don't drink any sodas really at all. But then.
1: But now you drink Coke Zero? Now I drink the worst diet soda. Oh, I drink Coke. So. Yeah. That is worse, probably, than Coke Zero. But I have kind of gotten into diet soda more recently because I know a few people who are really into Coke Zero and some of the other it works for them. You know, I had a friend who was like very <laughs> religious about Coke Zero and it's almost like a savory soda, like it's yes. not sweet the way that Coke is super sweet. It kind of tastes metallic in a yeah. way that I
0: kind of like. Well, there's um this is really hard to find. I think it's easier to find in in Europe, but
1: there's um Red Bull Cola. Is oh, one of the most delicious. Red Bull Cola, I've only had once, yeah. but it was on New Year's. And <laughs> it was like I was the designated driver, and everybody else was wasted. And I was like, well, I need to stay awake. Yeah until 5 a.m. or whatever to drive everybody home. I'm going to drink this Red Bull Coke at mm-hmm. this party. And it was so good. It's so good. And it's I the best tasting coke. so spracked for the rest of the night. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. It gets you. Yeah. It, it, it wakes you up. And,
1: and most of those things don't work at it. And I never drink all. Red Bull because it tastes disgusting. Uh, yes. Gross. Uh, it tastes like taurine. Yeah. But whatever Red Bull that. Cola, I was like, ooh, I can do this. No, I would. Yeah. I'm, but I've never I am, done it
0: again because it was too crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm like, I am a, if there's one thing I've spent a lot of money and time and thought and research on, it's energy drinks. <laughs> like, I have probably had every single energy drink that exists. What do you think is
1: the best energy drink? Um.
0: Well, the best energy drink is, right now, <laughs> is Coke Zero <laughs> and um, at, uh, Club Mate.
1: Oh, club mate is good. Club mate is
0: the best. Yeah, um, and they don't dangerous. make it here. They have something that the yerba mate, the guayaki makes. That's anyway. We've been talking about. No, let's keep talking about it. I love <laughs> beverage talk. We can come back to it later. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not done here. So, uh, <laughs> so we can get back to it. But um, we had. An amazing weekend, or I guess Friday. Yeah. You you in particular had an amazing Friday. I had a, a good Friday. <laughs> As they say. Um, but we, uh, together, we went to see Lana Del Rey at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. She played two nights there, Friday and Saturday. Um, and it was the show of the year. Oh, yeah. It was, it was the show of a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, this is, I wrote about it for our site, but it's really It's one of the most
1: perfect venue, and you wrote a great thing about it. I loved your thing about it. Well, I just think I think a lot about (laughs) why and how. My one of my favorite things about Emily and the time since she's been at Grantland is that (laughs) she has been converted into a full fledged Lana stand and a full fledged Taylor Swift stand. Which is yep. I'm really personally proud of the staple <laughs> because I feel like I was You were real you had a lot to do
0: with it. I think I think when I went when we went to see Taylor at the Staples Center, I was like Oh, I've listened to all of her albums. you You were a little bit alike. I'm like I was like I had I was I was raising an eyebrow. You were like,
1: This is for babies. Well, that it show was, was for babies, babies, so but Taylor, uh, not not necessarily for babies. Uh, I, I, we can talk a little She's bit more the, about this in a second. The little girl inside us all, uh-huh. as is Lana. Uh, is Lana really the, for the little girl inside you all? <laughs> <laughs> you <are. laughs> There's only one little girl inside of everybody, <laughs> so and it's weird. frightening. Um, a little doll named Annabelle. Oh God. Um,
0: yeah, I. Uh, it's weird. You know, I think we, we talked about this a lot with Tess, too. It's just like this sort of you feel almost embarrassed about the music, but then you kind of learn to embrace that. Oh, yeah. You get over being embarrassed. Yeah. It's like I mean, to me, it feels like a lot of the sort of embarrassment or earnesty that went with like being a theater kid. In yeah, for sure.
1: Um, you just know what you do? You shake it off. <laughs> No.
0: <laughs> no, no. I, like, I, I'm i ready to, like, okay, you, you converted me to be a Taylor fan, great, but I am not ready to go You're down. not ready to shake it I'm off. not ready for
1: 1989, I'm not ready. I think you're ready. You know, yesterday, actually, I talked to somebody on Gchat who went to the Taylor listening parties and had been to oh, two of probably. them. And they just described the album to me in words. It was like an amazing hour of my life. What just... were the words? Here are the two words that got me. To get back to Lana. Also. The most excited, but this is—I feel like this is sort of related. These are the two words that got me the most excited about 1989. Disco was one of the words, and the other word was trap. So, Jesus, get ready for. Taylor, like, you've never heard her before. God. I heard that the album apparently is completely unlike Red, and that if you want it to be Red, you'll be disappointed. I will be disappointed. But I also understand why she had to make an album. That I
0: don't understand why she had to make it.
1: Because the, cause it's like, it just feels right on schedule. It's like, okay, you open your heart, and you get it destroyed and smashed into a billion pieces, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to close it off a little bit for a little while. And just write some songs about dancing. She's not the person that I need to hear about dancing. Though, well, like I'd rather hear Lana. I think Lana... it's really all about Harry Styles, so I think we'll be <sighs> we'll be fine. That's why. That's probably he's probably not the best inspirer of songs. I feel like I don't know. Did you hear she... the Did you hear the clip from Style? No, which is about him. Oh God! It sounds nightmare. and apparently there's a song on the Taylor album that everybody is going called "Wildest Dreams" that sounds like a Lana song that everybody is going. That to I'm into to See, I'm
0: into that. Like I'm into Like she's a really good songwriter and these songs are they m- one, most of them are co-written or written by somebody else and that just seems like a squandering of everything that's great about Taylor. Like she is a wonderful songwriter. I respect her
1: journey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you would want to they, like relinquish that uh that part of the process, though, like I like because what I want for Taylor has nothing to do with what she wants to do. what I want is her to make like a bluegrass album with the civil wars uh, sure yeah, you know, off of that no if she if she
0: went total Mumford like in that really cheesy way, yeah, but like, if she did
1: a Lumineers album, that would still be i would but maybe, that's not what she wants to do I right now she she'll doesn't. probably do it next, I think we'll still get it eventually, <sighs> um, let's talk
0: about Lana though, let's not get sidetracked by the way, like. I think it's great, like because Lana and Taylor on our very neglected Tumblr site <laughs> are, are the mascots at the top of it, and I feel like they are. They guide us. They give us. They give us hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I. So the show. Okay, so here are my takeaways from this show. Hollywood forever is the best venue in Los Angeles. Um,
1: this only applies... Also, this is not interesting to anybody who does not live in Los Angeles, but it is. Everyone can imagine that it's cool to be at a beautiful cemetery yeah. that has a lot of famous people buried there.
0: And has a lot of those sort of... Um, those tombs, tombs that, yeah. that are above ground, that they light up with these crazy lights. And it's just very... Uh, it is very Hollywood. It is very goth. <laughs> it is also gorgeous like it was it was um it was probably like 70 degrees or something Oh in there. it was great.
1: It was like the coldest I brought all time. these
0: blankets. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I'm going to have to be outside and the sun won't be out, but it was beautiful." Um there's not you bring all your own stuff, so you don't have to deal with expensive
1: drinks, all that shit. uh and yeah, so it was a uh, above all it was like a great venue. Uh, and our was, friend kept commenting on how not crowded it was for the space he kept being yeah. like we could fit so many more people in here yeah. and it's cool that they didn't because it did feel really intimate and yeah. just not claustrophobic in any way it was like just a great you yeah. felt like you were hanging out with a bunch of friends at a, the world's best slumber party yeah
0: and you know the funny thing is like yeah it's a very it's for being an outdoor venue and being kind of spread out and casual it's a very it feels very intimate there and i feel like like with with uh, my other friend who was there and you we were just like i want to be friends with her like there is that (laughs) feeling which is like lana del rey feels like one of those artists that you would not say that about she was so chipper though. in that yeah in that show like the way that she performed was so unpretentious she was like very much just there like grateful for everybody being there and being you know psyched to see her in that setting and there was really, like, for all, she's somebody who is, you know, some people would say all artivists. I don't think that's true. But for her to actually, like, to see her in person and to have her be just so um, unassuming in a way is, like, that was really cool. And, and she was also really good. Yeah, she's great.
1: Yeah. She sang her heart out. It was wonderful. Yeah. And she, she did had a great set as well. Crazy little operatic things on top of a lot of songs that yeah. were just awesome well it's funny she
0: had a band with her she didn't they didn't play any of like the samples from some of the songs it was all just the band which kind of gave it a weird um like county fair show yeah feel.
1: yeah
0: yeah <laughs> uh, and she would just like you know be singing and go around to like the bassist or something and like watch him do his thing and <laughs> do that whole kind of circuit
1: around the stage um And then she did something at the end of the show that I've never seen anyone do before that I really liked where she said she was going to come down into the audience and, like, say hello to her fans. And so she ended the show by kind of, like, coming down off the stage and, like, walking through the first row and taking selfies with everybody and, like,
0: touching people.
1: But it was very, like, it was very kind of, you know saint-like. Oh, yeah. It's and like, it was also very, like, oh, I'm at a Hollywood movie premiere. It was very, mm-hmm. like, performance art. Yeah. Kind of. It's like, I'll say hello to my public. Yeah, I'll say hello to my public as I, like, go off to yeah. my limo to be taken to the chateau or well, whatever. Well, yeah.
0: And that was the last thing. She, like, she... So she did her thing where she greeted the audience. This was during National Anthem also. And then, I, uh, And then she came back up and her arms were full of flowers and signs and things. And she just waved and left. And at that point...
1: I think that somebody said it was fourteen songs. I thought that there were ten. I thought it was like a really. Short I looked at set. the setlist after because I wanted to see what was different yeah. between Friday and Saturday, and we got one more song yeah. on Friday, but but they got Shades of Cool on Saturday. Yeah, I- but
0: still, like at that point, I was like, oh, she's gonna do another song because just like, but she just waved, left, and I thought,
1: oh, she's putting away all the stuff. <laughs> and- <laughs> well, it was very it was very ambiguous because it's like the lights can't exactly come on. Mm-hmm. the way that you can in a venue to be like oh okay the show's yeah. totally over it was like the lights were on but it still seemed very possible that she might come back for an encore yeah. but also yeah i mean just the the always leave you wanting more thing i was definitely like okay now i want to see her again right now yeah which yeah is and a good we feeling just got like after we got out of the taylor show i was like okay that was a good amount of taylor that was a lot of <laughs> that taylor. was like three hours of taylor yeah which is good, you know. You want the three-hour show sometimes, but this was like the, you know, the 14-song show. It's definitely f- it felt like 10 songs because yeah. I wanted there to be. I wanted her to play every song. Yeah, no, that's what I thought too because she didn't have an opener, and I was like, okay, we're gonna hear every single, like
0: all all the hits, all the all the fan faves. And uh, but no, it was short and sweet. But it was, I mean, but you didn't get tired. That no. meant that you left, and you're like, yes, Lana.
1: <laughs> and I also was tired because I had been to Utopia. Oh, that's that right.
0: <laughs> Way to segue. Uh, Molly went to Utopia. I went to
1: Utopia. And the Fox reality show Utopia. You didn't stay, and you didn't move in there. But I wanted to. Yeah, and I and I Why might go you? back for Halloween. <laughs> uh, well, oh yeah, because they're having a ha- you got invited to a happy- having a Halloween party. Throw- this. Yeah, go for it. Whoop. Sports. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, through, through the, the hoops, swish. There's like seven hoops I could have aimed for. <laughs> so the you mitt. aimed for <laughs> the floor. The floor. <laughs> Hockey. Uh. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I tweeted that I was going to Utopia. I said, like, oh, ready for, you know, my new life at Utopia. And all these Utopia fans started tweeting at me and the producer being like, who's Molly Lambert? Is she the new Utopian? (laughs) Is this the big surprise? Like, who's this person? Oh, I love that. There's like a like a gossipy community. Oh yeah, there's a whole there's a ton of Utopia fan websites. Yeah, one person who watches the live video feed like 24 hours a day and puts all the clips up on YouTube. Yeah, and just posts all the best stuff. Uh, But it was amazing going to Utopia and got to see the control room where they have just a billion video screens showing every feed on the farm because it's all. (coughs) Ambient cameras. It's no cameramen or anything. It's all just cameras located, kind of camouflaged around the whole mm-hmm. the whole property. And yeah, you showed me a video of you just
0: walking around one of them and how it just sort of oh yeah. all kind of follows
1: you. Yeah, the the surveillance camera that just follows <laughs> you <around laughs> and is painted a little bit like a real tree, so that yeah. it kind of blends in. Yeah, but uh, so. Utopia itself, the commune, is not that big. But you know, it looks bigger on TV, definitely. But see with a lot of wide-angle lenses, you can tell. Well, the property is really big, though. That's the thing is, like the place where Utopia is located actually does feel really big and expansive because it's on the edge of a forest, Angeles mm. National Forest. But the sort of commune itself, there is like a fence that they can't leave. They can't go past. Mm. That kind of goes around, goes around the whole thing. This is me tracing Utopia <laughs> with my finger. Um, and uh I could see it being claustrophobic if you were just in that part f- yeah. constantly. And you can see probably for miles from there, or can yeah, you? Or is it no, sort of in a valley? It's sort of in a valley and there's also like there's like a hillside that the kind of moon towers on top of mm-hmm. the moon tower that dan Perraro is sometimes reporting from <laughs> looking down on all the people of utopia did you meet dan Ferraro? no but uh i, I like dan Ferraro. <laughs> uh my boyfriend recognized him immediately on the first episode of utopia because he was like is that alternative cartoonist dan Perraro <laughs> of bizarro <laughs> uh because bizarro was, is is good it's like the kind of the other surrealist cartoon besides the far the side. side yeah uh Wow,
0: and that's a yeah. That's an interesting gig. I, I read his blog post after that, like how he got that
1: gig. Yeah, the producer was kind of telling us about it, of like, oh yeah, I became friends with this guy. I thought he would be a good sort of, you know, non traditional narrator for the yeah. show. And then at the last second, they decided to put him on camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just going to be. A he had the voice. wardrobe already. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> no, just because he's you know they were saying like he's totally different from your sort of Jeff Probst yeah. types and. Uh, yeah, and John Kroll, who's the producer, uh, grew up on a commune oh, really? in Mendocino County. So he, you know, I think it's a very well-intentioned experiment in yeah. communal living.
0: Well, so, so we, we talked about this a little bit, like not, not on the pod, but like, so what was the sense like of how much the people there, the, the actual utopians, are aware of the state of the show right now? They have no idea.
1: They have too. no idea. Yeah, because they don't look on the internet. They don't have any internet. So I thought don't...
0: they had internet.
1: I thought they had Twitter or something. No, they don't. They get to – their emails are, like, screened, I think. They mm. get to look at some stuff, but it's all screened. There was an incident where one of them accidentally saw some message board stuff somehow, and it was all really negative and mean. Oh, And wow. they generally are just protected from that. It was day 50 when we were there, and they all had no idea what day it was. Like, we wow. were like, oh, yeah, it's day 50, and they were like, Wow. You could have told me it had been a year and like I would have believed you. But wow. You just lose all sense of time, I think. Did they did they seem okay yeah, they like all seemed psychologically? Great. Yeah, everybody was great and and was exactly like they are on TV, which maybe yeah. you know, maybe it's a vetting thing, but it didn't seem like that. It did seem really transparent. Like, right. oh, these people are exactly like I imagine them to be. I feel like I know them from watching them on TV, which, you know, I don't, but Well, it's like, I I think
0: when we were talking about this earlier, I was like, yeah, like, you, if you're doing something like that, when you are actually being filmed every single second, you can't do an act. It's got to be you, or you have to actually commit to that act for the entire time. Yeah,
1: I mean, they all, they all seemed pretty genuine, and Hex, who I... Have defamed on this podcast before by suggesting that she was a plant and possibly a porn star, uh, which I meant as a compliment, obviously. <laughs> um, so I not defamed. <laughs> no, not defamed, but you know, I, I definitely sort of thought there might they might have chosen some people to be certain types of people. They might have cast people to yeah. be like the, the Katniss. Yeah, but she didn't. She said no. She said that she has been doing archery for five years, and that when The Hunger Games came out, everybody started being like, oh, you know who you remind me of? And she was like, look, I've been doing this (laughs) for a long time. Just because me and Katniss shoot the same style of bow doesn't mean that, like... What style of bow is that? I don't know. I I tried to look it up, but it's like a certain type of of bow and a certain type of hold. I guess not a crossbow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I totally was like, oh, I should go back and take archery lessons from Hex, because i did archery i think i feel like i did it in girl scout camp or something i
0: still couldn't believe that like they let us shoot yeah it's so
1: dangerous
0: totally just
1: hex is also super beautiful and funny and cool and i want to be her best friend yeah and bella was also like a sweetheart we met bella and rob and hex rob the libertarian Mm -hmm. who had just gotten married at utopia the day before and he said it was all his idea that it was like not like the producers were like hey we should you know do a rating stunt like a wedding that he was uh-huh. just like no i really wanted to get married here i thought it was a great idea
0: well i think a lot of people they have a, uh they have a feel for the kind of thing that would be seen as a rating stunt. yeah you know like they're naturally gravitate towards that I'm not saying that they are sensationalist people but like if you're gonna be on tv you're like okay well this would be fun to do on tv yeah uh but yeah um that sounds cool i didn't get to go i I had also received an invitation, but I think
1: I haven't been watching the show anymore. Well, so if you want to come to the Halloween party, it's going to oh be kid's party during the day, an adult party at oh night. <laughs> <laughs> Are they going to have the moonshine there? Probably. The- <laughs> no, maybe not because Red is gone. So Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah. But they learned his ways. The raisins, <laughs> and the, the condom and whatever else you need. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, you 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 will be writing about this. I guess when this podcast posts you will have um, you can read all about it and Molly's P Yes. Yeah. Um, We're making a guarantee for the future here. Uh,
1: (laughs) um, So I came out of Utopia being like, even if Utopia, the show gets canceled, Utopia, the commune, could continue to exist and maybe should. Do you think they would? Do you think that the people who live there would? I mean, I think they're probably paying to use the land because it's on a studio ranch. So I think if it were just in some random area, that would be less of a problem. But I mean, it is a fully functioning commune, very similar to other co-ops that I've been to, where sort of the problems are the same as any co-op of, like, who's sleeping with who and who's yeah. eating food that doesn't belong to them, just roommate problems. Yeah, yeah. Which hmm. is what I like. Um, Sorry, I totally stepped on your segue. What were, oh, no, I was what were we going to? La-
0: well, last night I saw a movie. I feel like I haven't seen oh, a yeah. movie for a really long time. I guess I saw Gone Girl... I I feel like I've been out of the loop with TV and movies. I feel like the only thing that I've been up on is music recently. I'm, I need to step up my game and the internet, of course, duh. But, um, yeah, I, I'm going to see, like, I have a whole list of things I need to see this week. I just get Return to Earth. Um, I saw Birdman, though, last oh, yeah. night um, at the Dome, accidentally, because usually I don't like to see things at the Dome. Uh, yeah, me neither. It's not the best unless you're in that prime real estate
1: on the- it's important to do once at least but yeah i saw the wizard of oz at the dome before the ArcLight light existed like mm. as a child the dome still existed yeah yeah, yeah. but it was so run down oh yeah they before would- they renovated it and everything yeah and they would do like special events every once in a while mm-hmm. i remember that's where i saw the wizard of oz and it was cool um but anyway
0: i mean it was it was fine. i had i had an okay seats um but yeah, I said. I mean, this is this is kind of one of the first movies that's getting that big kind of Oscar buzz off of it. I guess besides Gone Girl. I don't. Who knows if Gone Girl will really have that shine on it still? It
1: should. Thank you. That's me doing my Rosamund Pike. <laughs> um, Gone Girl should win all the Oscars because this is in your diary. It puts it in my diary. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, so it's it's by. Um, uh Alejandro Iñárritu I think that's I've heard so many butchered what are his previous movies that people were so excited about this for Babel and 21 Grams he kind of came out of the same school as um as Cuaron yeah uh I think they went to film school. literally went to film school together yeah. um I'm and
1: not big on Babel or 21 nope, Grams no me neither I am not
0: I've historically not been that big of a fan of his um but this was sort of seen as like a kind of, I mean, he hasn't done a film forever, and it's, it, tonally, it's very different. Um, Would you call it zany? It's a little zany. It's a little zany. Uh, not overwhelmingly, but it's a little self-conscious, I think, about its zaniness. But anyway, it is about, Michael Keaton plays... Um, this guy who I feel like his first name is Riggins Uh, (laughs) which can't be right but it's something like that maybe it's just called Riggin I can't remember it's something like that but anyway he is an actual superhero who had a
1: heyday and made box office blockbuster movies he has real superpowers yes oh I'm so not into this movie (laughs) haven't we done the whole like superheroes are human beings too thing to death it's,
0: uh, so, so anyway, so he was a big star in the early nineties and now he's sort of waiting and, just, and he wants to be a serious stage actor. And so he's putting on this adaptation of, a, but he has superpowers. He has superpowers and it's, it's used in a very, like, you don't, you see, he flies at one point. He can levitate. He can like d- do telekinesis, that kind of thing. Um, and so he's he's putting on this adaptation of a Raymond Carver novel, and it looks really terrible, I mean, from what we see of it. The whole thing is sort of – so it's it's faked, but it's made to look like the whole thing is one tracking shot through the whole thing. And it all kind of revolves around – Oh, that's why people are excited. Yeah. And it's all kind of revolves around this Broadway theater where they're putting on the show um, and kind of the, the, the relationships with the different actors and stuff and – and his daughter, who's played by Emma Stone, who's really really good in it. Um, I'm glad it's his daughter. I totally assumed it was his love interest. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Uh,
1: so it's. I think it's been really polarizing, I, from what I've heard. And I need to. People go back at here. Grantland were very excited about it, and every time somebody talked about it to me, I was like, "They made a documentary about Birdman from Cash Money. That sounds <laughs> great. I can't wait
0: to see it." Yeah, I don't know if Inarito is actually aware of. Of Who, the real Birdman, yeah, real Birdman, I would be surprised.
1: Even after I knew that there was a real movie, I just every time I was like, "Oh, I wish this movie were about Birdman." Yeah, um, the person. <laughs> I almost wore my Birdman shirt today. Should have. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, it's so it's sort of so here's. So I think it's it's told in a very interesting way. Obviously visually it's like very engaging. The whole thing is sort of scored with like jazz drums um and it's altered just between like jazz drums like 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 uh and then like very kind of syrupy uh, orchestral movie f-
1: music kind of so jazz is the hot the hot word for fall movies i guess so yeah uh, everyone wants whiplash. to see whiplash too
0: yeah well, i want to see whiplash this week also that i'm really looking forward to but um yeah it so it, it, I, I think my my what i left feeling though is that like just the way that it ends the point of it is kind of like this guy rediscovering what's special about him or something it's like I don't like if all the people that I want to see rediscover what's special about them it's not like an old white guy played
1: by Michael Keaton you know see but like we can't I mean I just I'm, I never saw the Tim Burton Batman so I have no reference point oh but I did well, it was very much a riff on that like once he... walk out of the movie Speechless starring Michael Keaton and Gina Davis I don't think I've seen that opposing uh um, political speechwriters. Ah. That was one of the only movies I've ever walked out of. Did I did that come out? What like is... 1994? Remember when we did movies about opposing political speechwriters? I walked writers? out of that movie and I walked into Mixed Nuts and then I walked <laughs> out of Mixed Nuts. So those are the, that's like the only time I've ever walked out of a movie and I walked out of two movies. Wow. I'm just was like, nope. I walked nope. out
0: of, I think I walked out of Ice Age. <laughs> I don't
1: even remember why I was an ice age in the first place. I walked out of Teaching Mrs. Tingle. Uh, That's it, though. I've only walked out of three movies, and I just named all of them. I feel like there's something else I walked out of. Because if you pay to see a movie, usually.
0: But yeah, I mean, so so there's a couple things that bug me about this movie. Uh, uh, Edward Norton is great in it. Like, he is probably the best part or the most like interesting part of it and he's more or less forgotten about in the entire third act and uh and you kind of get more time with emma stone's character but like at the the same time it's like one of these things where it's like every character functions in this movie as a means for michael keaton's character to like it sounds like the
1: incredibles um, well, I love The Incredibles. Right. Uh, the Incredibles. But I feel like The Incredibles was, right. was already like the tail end of the things about superheroes being real flawed humans.
0: Yeah, it's not so much about him being a superhero, it's more about him being a failed actor. Couldn't he just be a failed actor? Uh, they wanted to make like that's to the weird. Part. Yeah, they wanted yeah, and so there's like this a this is a movie life. I feel like I might like, but everything I hear about it's it. It's hard. It's like there's so many things to like about it and then it does something so kind of obnoxious. It also has a ton of like insider Hollywood jokes in it which are all terrible. Like that's the worst part of it. And like of course at the Arc Light it's full of people going, "Oh."
1: That was like when I like, saw King Kong at the <laughs> everybody was like laughing so hard at the jokes about screenwriters yeah. not turning things in on time. Yeah. Oh, and it's same like, same with Bling Ring at Arc Light too. I was like it gives you a false impression of what how well watch. those jokes go yeah. over
0: yeah seriously i mean i'm sure that that killed at festivals and that's probably why everybody <laughs> was freaking out about it afterwards but yeah it feels very uh, up its own stuff uh and part of that may is what makes it Really interesting and feel like something you've never seen before, right? Because it is so unlike any movie, and it is so about itself. And then part of it is just like, Ugh, whatever, who cares? Yeah, about this dude and his identity crisis or whatever. That's and like, I feel about a lot of movies.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that exactly. That's like That's my... how I feel about most real superhero movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, who cares? Oh, your parents got killed in yeah. crime alley. Why don't you cry about it, Batman? <laughs> You were neglected. Uh, oh, you're still the richest guy in the universe, Bruce Wayne. Seems terrible. Yeah, when you go hide in your basement. Some yeah. More? Um. So yeah, that, that's my that's my hot take. I'll on watch Batman. it. That's like I'll watch a screener of that. But that one, yeah, it, that was a hot ticket at the Grantland office. Everybody was rushing out to oh, see yeah. Batman. Well, everybody went to go day. see screeners or
0: uh, screenings of it and stuff, and I missed out on that. I mean. Yeah, I feel like uh, I got to see that. I got to see Whiplash. I got to see um, Dear White People. Oh yeah, I want to um, see that.
1: That's actually yeah.
0: Um,
1: what else? I forget. I don't know. When I was I'm pretty there. much blanked out until Inherent Vice comes out. <laughs> um, <I laughs> That's I heard, the next. I heard some rumors that that wasn't that great. Don't care. <laughs> if there's a backlash, that probably just means I'll like it more.
0: I I think it looks. I, I I'm. I'm one of those weird people who likes Punch Drunk Love the best, and I've like because, oh, I love because it's PTA season again, <laughs> the parent teacher organization. <laughs> season, uh, I've been having a lot of conversations about like what's the best Paul Thomas Anderson movie, and like I am a Punch Drunk Love person, and we are a small but like resilient force, and I feel like I think they're
1: all great.
0: Yeah, of course, but it's like that's the one that's mine, you know. Yeah, uh, and. I feel like if this one is sort of more on that edge, I might maybe gravitate towards it more. You know, I I think the master and there will be blood. I mean, I obviously love
1: them, but they're like they felt less. I'm down for some silly, yeah, I'm ready for some silliness. I also like the book, which uh, I think really hinges heavily on whether you think funny names are funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you think silly names are, like, a thing that is funny, you will, like, <laughs> and if you think that is annoying, you will find it very annoying. <laughs> but for me, it's great and also just makes me want to move to the beach, which oh, I am already oh, yeah, ready it, to continuing do. Continuing on a theme. Yeah. Ready, um, ready to to hang out at a just a shack all the time.
0: <laughs> um Do you want to get back to Taylor w- real quick? Because sure. I feel like I wanted to save it for later, because I feel like we've been talking about Taylor mm, at least every other week on this podcast. It's so so what the, the past- people want. I, I, I think, do that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Do have- yeah. Uh, so, well, I wrote today about
1: track three. Oh, uh, Welcome to New York? No. Track three. Oh, the the fake track that got, white went noise. to like number one. Yeah. What if she did put out a track of white noise? That would be awesome. Well,
0: I basically wrote a review <laughs> of her, C- her entering into like minimalism. Her John Cage. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but I mean, it's like a really it's a really wonderful world we live in where she can release nine seconds of white noise and people will get it. Maybe even seeing that it's nine seconds long and being like, this can't be right, but like... Gotta get it. Gotta get it. Gotta see what she's
1: dropped. Someone told me today that a fake leak is going around Mm. and that it is actually Christina Aguilera's album, Bionic. (laughs) Which I think is perfect. That already came out. Well, that's the joke. Oh, like, oh, oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's like deep and TD, Super yeah. deep TD. because some of us think Bionic and Lotus are very underrated and <laughs> didn't get their due because of an Lotus unfair Baker. Christina Aguilera backlash. Um, I am not looking forward to this album. Because you think it'll disappoint your expectations? I just don't. You want it to be red, and you know it won't be.
0: Well, it's not even that. Because we could still that... listen to red. It's like it's like guess what? Like the best like subtle rivalry in pop music
1: in the last couple of years has been between Katy Perry and Taylor Swift, and now Taylor Swift just sounds like Katy Perry. Well, apparently, the song that is a, a diss track to Katy Perry, "Bad Blood," is. Uh, made to sound like a Katy Perry song, well, then kind of. it sounds like the rest of the album, and right? And it is. No, this is apparently the one that's kind of a trappy, a trappy Taylor song. Uh, kind of sounds like... She's just going to become weird. In 30, 30 years, is she just Weird Al? <laughs> <laughs> you had to think about it. Well, I, was like, about I was like, it. <laughs> well, you mean, is she a great career artist who we should Yeah, call- no,
0: I mean, like, she's, like, you has mean, longevity. Well, and there also are a lot
1: of very self-aware, pair, sort of self-parodic sounding Things. Again, I haven't heard the album. I heard someone just who has heard the album twice describe it to me. Right. There's a song called like a Blank Spaces or something that apparently is like kind of making fun of her image as a man-eater being like, I've got this list of ex-lovers and like you could be the next one and then it has the sound of a pen clicking. Like I've got all these ex-boyfriends and they all say I'm crazy, but like I've got a blank space, pen click sound, and I'll write your name.
0: See, that's the kind. That's the side of Taylor that I kind of like. Really, it still makes
1: me question. Well, the Katy Perry song chorus is supposedly "We used to be mad love, now we're just bad blood." I can't wait. I'm so excited. I don't. God. I can't. I can't make <laughs> Taylor be what I, you know. I can't make her do what I want. No,
0: of course not. And I, I just wish you know. It should, i would I am down for like almost any left turn, even if it's making white noise ambient tracks uh that's, that's not gonna happen. I know that's not gonna happen, but I'm just saying even in that bizarre world where that could happen, I would be more
1: i would be totally open for that. It's just like it just feels i want her to move to the southwest, make hijira you mean like to get really into jazz, yeah, but it's not it's not about what I want.
0: No, yeah. I, mm,
1: what I, did you think about Welcome to New York?
0: It's a terrible song. It's
1: terrible. You said it's terrible. You said it was terrible. I said that off the record, Emily.
0: Oh, oh no, I know, yeah, you did not say that off the record. Uh, it's not
1: my favorite, but I will <laughs> say that most songs about New York are not my favorite. Oh, um, I'm hard-pressed to think of one I like. Even. Which is better, Taylor's New York song or Fergie's L.A. song? Oh, definitely Fergie's L.A. song. <laughs> but true. I'm biased. I'm it's coastally true. biased. It's I think true, Fergie's though. song is way better because it's a DJ Mustard song, first of all. And uh, I would love it if Taylor made a DJ Mustard song. But I know she's not going to again. I, shouldn't. I don't want her to do a DJ Mustard song. Are you kidding me? But think, you know, what if they made something great? No, she's never gonna sound right in that element. And but like- I like—I love the Miley Mike will made it stuff. Like I love. Miley People is be- like whatever. My problems with Miley, at least she's better
0: at like fully committing to that thing. Whatever her z- is her flavor of the month. Yeah, like she, she can just commit put to out a to it.
1: Sergeant Pepper tribute album. Yeah, it's like it. it's like you believe.
0: Maybe you don't even believe that this is who she is in her soul, but you believe that she really wants to be that, and that is a pr- like that's something that I don't see with Taylor and the pop stuff. The pop the pop stuff with Taylor feels like. It feels almost like a side project or something.
1: I really think that she just got, like, too burnt by people. Sure, yeah. And that she's, like, closing herself off a little bit and trying to put the focus on the music instead of who it's about so much, but...
0: She can still make songs that sound, like, red or, like, whatever and aren't about dudes, like... I don't know. She could do soaring ballads, theme songs for all the different cities. Yeah. Oh yeah. If she made like a bazillion songs that sounded like like mine or red, like that's my favorite kind of Taylor Swift song. Is like like State of Grace, Red, like that kind of mid tempo, like soaring anthem. That's the best kind of Taylor Swift song. And if there was one of those
1: for every single American city, soaring anthem. Yeah, I'd love if Taylor wrote a song about Cleveland, but it's probably not going to happen. She never wrote a song about Nashville. Nashville must be so mad right now. Didn't she write a song though about like moving to ma- Nashville? Maybe, Music City. Know. Yeah,
0: I don't know. She's left
1: Music City. She's never coming back. She's in. What are they? What are what, no? Do you see? Like LP was tweeting like, "Okay, I guess yeah. it's time to leave New York."
0: <laughs> well, it's kind of amazing like how how. Um, Almost unanimous the backlash was against that song. More so than Shake It Off. I think Shake It Off, when that came out, people were like, okay, this is super poppy, but obviously I'm going to have this stuck in my head forever. And yeah, it's like,
1: fun and bubbly. This actually like got because, people mad. Right. But I feel like because Out of the Woods came out in between, people were like, oh, okay, it's not all going to sound like Shake It Off. It'll sound like different types of pop music. Yeah. But I understand. But I think I think there will probably be some kind of... You Know, I know there will be at least one or two songs that I love because there are definitely a couple of songs on Red that I don't love. Yeah, they are Stay, Stay, Stay. Oh, yeah, no, and uh, probably 22 is not my favorite. Yeah, 22 is not great, and definitely this and album those are kind of, well, feels 22. a little bit like it's in the 22 direction. Oh, yeah, no, 22 is the anchor. But that's girl. also because everybody gave her so much you know crap all the time about all she cares about is boys and feelings, and uh, but 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 like made 20- one song about like oh i 'm having partying with my friends and having fun, and that was the least successful of those singles yeah, and people didn 't like it because they wanted her to do what you know I can understand being like i don 't want to do the thing everybody wants me to do because everybody wants me to do it so badly I
0: mean, no i I am fully of the opinion she should do whatever it is she wants. it just feels. Especially now that I'm, like, such a big fan of hers. It feels like... A betrayal. It feels like a waste
1: of, of I don't know, of, like, a, an, an interesting and promising young talent. <laughs> um, Are you going to buy the deluxe package that comes with the seagull shirt she's wearing on the cover? <laughs> oh, can you get that? Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. It's a special custom shirt they had made for the album. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's get matching ones. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know I want to do that. What else is up? We got we got a few minutes. We're coming in a little bit, a little bit short here. Uh, I could talk about Taylor all day forever. What, I think um, it's also like the songs about Harry Styles seem less angry than some of her old songs. She only songs. dated him for like a month. But she only dated Jake Gyllenhaal for like a month, and that's she got true. a whole album out of it. And it's not about the le- the length of the relationship; it's about the intensity, the depth. I like I like. And there's some song on Red where she
0: talks about like I'm even feeling like this all these days later. It's like days. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but that's one of the things. You know, again, it's like I feel like that's one of the things you love about her is you're like oh you know even if it is like this brief relationship that everybody thinks is just a pr relationship like it's real for her and she's really feeling all those feelings yeah and it just all seems right on schedule too of like okay she's in her mid-20s and she's like hey you know what i'm gonna give up on love and then maybe i'll find it after i give up on it yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah it's it and having that brief window of like, oh, actually, this is great to be single and, and be able to do whatever I want all the time. That'll probably close as soon as all her friends start getting married. <laughs> and We're, then she'll make a sad are album her real again. Friends? Who do you think are her real Anna friends? The she hangs
0: out with all the time? So Abigail. Actually, like, all of these songs so far, they sound like they're going to be on the girls' season four promo. Well,
1: it's, you know, it's kind of in the Tegan
0: and Sarah. So the Tegan and Sarah, like Robin type. Moment, yeah. Uh, which is fine For those
1: artists, um... Look, at least she didn't make, like, a house song, as far as we know. (laughs) You know, it's still going to sound different from all the other pop music on the radio. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's not like like she made an Avicii song. Well, I mean, but even Trouble was sort of in that direction. Yeah, but it was still, like, she didn't make a whole dubstep album. Yeah. And... You know, she didn't put any dubstep on the new album, I think, because dubstep is not. It's not current. It's not current. But that she's, was. She's also not the most. Nah, I don't know, whatever. But that was like. <laughs> by the time she did dubstep, dubstep was already kind of. You know, not not chic anymore, but it yeah. was very chic for her to do it because yeah. it was like the last thing anybody expected. It's the last stop for dubstep is a Taylor Swift album. Yeah. And yeah. it was a great song and a great, a great single and a good move for her. And I understand why she was like, cool, I want to do more stuff like that. I want to mm-hmm. do less stuff that involves a huge spotlight on me yeah, and how I and my vulnerabilities She still puts a spotlight on herself all the time, though. Like, for her to do a song about, like, ha-ha,
0: you all think that I write songs about boyfriends all the time, that presupposes that we all think about her and are, like... Well, it's very defensive
1: feeling. Yeah. What I love about Taylor is that she's so angry Mm. and that her whole image is about, you know, trying to sort of, like, counter this incredible anger that she obviously does have all the time and... You know that, like, what I really want is for her to just like give in and be like, "Yeah, that's right. I'm a super angry, vengeful person." No, I want, I want make a PJ Harvey album. Yeah, no, that would that's be not going gonna... to happen. It could happen.
0: It's not, she she's like 30 maybe. Yeah. And, and rock will be back by then. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> to, listen, Taylor, we've got your we've got your
1: 10-year plan. We do have um, a 10-year, but every we all have a 10-year plan right. in our mind <laughs> for how for how we want it to go. Oh man. Um, I feel like she and Harry might get back together based off this album. They're just writing songs about each other back and forth. Oh
0: god, what a what a nightmare life. It's like <laughs> Terrible um, for people
1: to know who you're dating all the time. To
0: people know who you're dating for it to be like a thing where you have to address it or like send cryptic Instagrams or something. It's like I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I like how she's kinda given up on having a boyfriend because she's like, who would ever want to date me? There's so much baggage that goes along with it. Yeah, at least she's self aware enough. But to, that's like uh, a that's yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Because, you know, who wouldn't want to date her? She's beautiful and magical and six feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> smells like a field of violets and and, and lavender lavender. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, All right, well, we should probably call it a week, Um, and next week... Special hoodies announcement. We're going to have a special episode, and it's going to be weird... And it's going to be sad, and you should be excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, more. We're just going to play Ultraviolence and cry. The whole <laughs> We're gonna. Uh, th- there will be a phone number sent out. <laughs> to some relevant parties. Uh, it'll be a call uh We'll finally get to do. Uh, we'll finally get to do a Frazier show. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So stay tuned to our respective Twitter accounts for Good more. Good night, on that. Seattle. <laughs> Good night Seattle we love you. Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland pop culture on iTunes or go to grantland.com and click
1: on podcasts.